Fed Heads, welcome to another episode of Cigar Chat. I'm your host, Trip, here with my co-host, John the Cigar Surgeon. John, how are you doing today? Going well, buddy. It's a little windy today. It's a little smoky today. I feel like the entire province is on fire. All provinces are on fire. And uh, apparently our air quality today was a 7 out of 10, which I'm told is the same as Beijing during the Olympics. So I don't, oh. I don't, I don't think that's a good thing. I think that's a bad thing. Yeah, that seems bad. Uh, we're kind of in the same situation down here. We've got a bunch of forest fires going in southern Oregon and northern California that are smoking up our air. Uh, so I'm filtering all that smoke out with cigar smoke. That works. Uh, I, we're, I'm not not, to, we're not here to talk about that, though. We're not here to talk about forest fires. We're here to talk about hand-rolled. Uh, yeah. And we're here with uh, Jesse and Steve, the kind of, I mean, what do I call you? The creators, the directors of hand-rolled? Oh, sure. the, the, the creative geniuses can we use yeah, the, the word genius geniuses behind it yeah, genius is a bit much but yeah we're the directors we're the creators what's going on everybody um and and for people who don't aren't familiar with the project can you just kind of explain a basic overview of what it is Please. all right yeah so uh basically we're, we're making a documentary on the entire cigar industry we're setting up to humanize the industry put a human face to the industry uh, and show everybody what actually goes into making a cigar and the cigar culture and and everything about the cigar industry. You know, we, we've interviewed people from uh, some of the biggest names in the industry, as you guys already know, some of the biggest manufacturers, all the way down to uh, just the, your basic farmer that just puts in their shift and goes home. So we've, uh, we've done a lot of interviews. We've done uh, a lot of groundwork, and we're really excited to get it out to you guys. Um, so I'm, I'm going to hop in, okay. Trippy, because... I. I'm, I'm sure this question is probably on a lot of people's minds. It's kind of the, the first question I want to ask. Cigars are so niche. Tobacco is ultra niche. Where does the inspiration for that come from? I and mean, where, do you, where, do you, where do you guys get the drive to take on a project like this? You know, we've, uh, we've been smoking cigars for uh, 10, 12 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've been commercial filmmakers for about five. And so we kind of got a little bit bored, a little bit sick of the mundane, you know, just the same uh, thing in, in, in our industry over and over, and we decided we wanted to do a documentary. We, we wanted to try our, you know, try it out, and see, you know, see if we can get passionate about something. So we just sort of thought, like, what is something that we both like? Yeah. And cigars was like the obvious choice, you know. Not to mention that we sort of scoured through Netflix and Amazon and Hulu to see if there's anything like relevant out there, and uh, there just isn't much in terms of like really well-produced documentaries on cigars. I mean, there's some stuff in the 90s, um, but nothing really uh, current or relevant. So. Yeah, and, and your your film style, I'm really impressed with. It's like, it's gorgeous. And yeah. I, I think it's really kind of modern, and it reminds me of uh, other documentaries like Jira Dreams of Sushi and uh, the, the Chef's Table. It's kind of like a food-style documentary almost in, in terms of like the uh, visuals. Yeah, we're, we got a um, red Epic W that we're shooting on uh, okay. for people that are into the gear porn. Uh, shoots in eight, up to 8K, but uh, we're shooting the documentary primarily in 6K, and then the interviews we're doing in 4K. So it'll be released in 4K when it's all said and done. Nice. Oh, nice. Right, yeah. Do, do you guys think that, that Netflix as a platform has really made documentaries a lot more available for the mainstream? Because I feel like every time I go on Netflix, there's these you know really interesting, engaging documentaries. And I, I feel like that's a huge amount of the content that's being consumed by you know on-demand users now. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just a, a really nice way to kind of engage your brain. Um, you know, I think it's sort of taking over uh, like reading books and stuff like that. I think people are turning a lot more to digital media for, for knowledge and stuff like that. So um, not to say that this documentary would replace, you know, some massive book, but it is something to get your feet wet in a sense, right? Um, if you're just brand new or even if you're, you know, a big connoisseur. Yeah, so cool stories with some of these guys. So I I think a big part of it and a a thing that makes it really important is that it's going to kind of bridge. Well, my hope is that it's going to kind of bridge the gap between people who who think cigars are a nicotine delivery system. Yeah. And hopefully they'll run across it on on Netflix and go, that looks interesting and watch it. And then they'll come away with like a completely different perspective, uh, which is I mean, that's the potential that I see in the project. Yeah, that's the thing we say the most is that if people watch our film and never associate cigars with cigarettes ever again, then we've done our job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's absolutely the goal. Yeah, and I think I mean if if you look at this, you know, I get that tobacco specifically, but cigars even more so are just so ultra niche. And the number of conversations I've had at an event where someone says, you know, well, how do you how do you get those flavors in the tobacco? Like what like what do you put in there? And I go tobacco and water and they're like no 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 but like how do you get the chocolate and how do you get the spice and it's like it's tobacco and water and you know for us it's obvious because we all we're all geeks we all smoke cigars you know we know this but i think in in many ways we probably overestimate just just how little the average person walking around knows about cigars they probably know what a cigar looks like they know that jfk smoked them and that, I bet that's probably it. Like, I bet, you know, that's probably where the knowledge ends for most people. Yeah, I, I love using the analogy of um, comparing it to wine making and stuff. Yeah, so me too. They don't add anything to, to the wine. It's just what barrels are they? Are they fermenting everything in? What, what's the processes? I mean, otherwise, there's nothing added to it, you know? Just the grapes. And then it's, tobacco from one field is not going to be the same as the tobacco from another field. It's the same with wine, so... Uh, I think that makes it a little more easy for people to comprehend that those Well, and I, I mean, I think that's a good analogy from the perspective of, you know, wine is, alcohol is generally considered acceptable in the society. So if you can kind of bridge that that gap yeah. between wine and tobacco, you know, maybe that allows people to maybe stop demonizing cigars maybe a little bit. I don't know if that'll ever work for Californians, but maybe for everybody else. <laughs> I, I find wine a really good anag- analogy because I, the analogy that I usually use is like, Cigarettes are like light beer. Light beer, nobody's drinking it because they love the flavor. They're drinking it because it has alcohol. And <laughs> cigars are more like wine. Nobody's drinking a $300 bottle of wine to get wasted. Yeah. Uh, they're drinking it because of the experience and the history behind it and all the passion that went into it. Johnson. <laughs> except, except Pete Johnson. Except Pete Johnson. Because <laughs> Pete Johnson can do whatever he wants. <laughs> uh, I want to get into our first uh, listener question here, which actually uh, – I think I think that name might come up. Uh, he's wondering how you got the budget for this project. Cool. Yeah, uh, a lot of that um, has been with Pete's help. Uh, honestly, mm-hmm. uh, he's been supporting the project. Um, a couple other manufacturers are getting on board um, as well, but he was definitely the first one to hear the idea and just immediately go, "Yep, I'm in. I'm sold." You know. Um, I mean, that was like from literally the first time we met him in Vegas last year yeah. uh, in 2016, you know, uh, literally talked to us for three minutes. Yeah. Right. Like at the end, they were tearing down the booth. We almost didn't even go up and say hi to him because, you know, we'd been passing by his booth 
every day of, uh, of IPCPR. And uh, he was always busy. Like, he was mm-hmm. always, always busy. And we were always, we had this thing where we tried not to, like, you know, uh, intrude when, when manufacturers were, like, surrounded by people because uh, because we know why they're there. They're there for business. They're there to, you know, meet. Oh, yeah. Stuff. We, so, we do interviews. We know that feeling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know what it's like, you know. So, we, we try to catch him at an off time. And every time we pass his booth, you know, he was always with a, with a, with a horde of people. So uh, the last day we're literally walking out and we decide to, you know, we see him that he's finally not like not surrounded by people. And we decided to just go say what's up. And in those three minutes, he was like, yeah, I'm in. And, you know, we followed up and the rest is history. But, um, but yeah, I mean, basically we're trying to get funding from within the industry because essentially the whole goal of it is um, to be, I hate to say, I hate to say like a commercial for the industry, but almost like to tell the story of the industry, you know, um, to humanize it and to get people to see, you know, what it's really, what, what a cigar really is and, and how it's made. And, and the fact that it's a craft, like some people don't understand that it's a craft good, you know? So essentially, um, yeah, a lot of it has been yeah. from Pete to answer your question, get back to that. Um, uh, and our own, uh, visas. And, of uh, course. Dale Marshall has been huge in, in that he built a yeah. humidor for us. Yeah. Um, which I don't know if you saw it, Trig. Well, yeah, we I saw that. Okay. So yeah, Dale Marshall built a humor. It's on our Instagram and stuff. And uh, we had it signed by 16 manufacturers. They all threw in cigars. Wow. So we're going to be auctioning that off here uh, in the next month or so. That'll be another way for us to raise funds. So he's a huge contributor contributor in that sense. Yeah. Um, Nick Malilo from Foundation Cigars is contributing as well. So we're, yeah, we're, we're stoked that people within the industry see the value of the film and, and just want to be part of it. And that's been a huge help for us so far, but uh, we're not out of the woods yet. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So, so maybe just off the top here, since, you know, we're fresh on the show, if a manufacturer and they should get in contact with you to support the project, how are they going to go about doing that? What's the best way to get in contact with you guys? We have uh, through our website, you can contact us. That's probably the easiest way to go. Um, or just email us. It's either Jesse or Steve at handrolledmovie.com. Um, and then uh, we also have a donate tab for people that aren't manufacturers that just want to support the cause and throw throw some money our way um, to help make the film possible. There's That's on the website as well. So we try to keep everything super simple on the website. It's handrolledmovie.com. Yeah. Perfect. Trippy? Uh, we have another quick audience question. This is going to be a really fast one. He just tuned in. He missed the first part of the show and he wants to know if the film is already available, which of course it's not, but, but tell us about kind of your, your release hopes. Yeah. We want to be completely done with shooting by February. Now what people have to remember is that we're catching crops in Cuba, Dominican Republic and in uh, Nicaragua. So right now it's the rainy season. There's, there's no tobacco growing out there. So we're hoping to shoot in, uh, or not hoping, we're going to be shooting in Dominican Republic and in Cuba in uh, January and February. And then we'll be done with production after that's editing. And we're going to premiere at IPCPR in, in uh, July. So it'll be premiered in July. Probably. Probably. Yeah, I should do that. Still confirming details on that. But. Yeah. But then after that, we'll be doing... Um, We'll be doing what's it called? Um, uh, not a, we'll like be, a theater tour, or something. yeah, theater tours and stuff like that until we get it up on Netflix, and and so we'll be we'll be throughout the states with it until we get it up on Netflix. I so awesome. the plan is July. Yeah. 
Why don't we, uh, because you guys just dropped a brand new trailer, why don't we Why don't we push that out right now live to our audience? Uh, for the YouTube audience, we're going to put a link to it on YouTube. So we're not going to have it embedded in the video on YouTube, but for all our live listeners on Facebook, we're going to, we're going to play it right now. Yeah. All right. And we're back. I, uh, I noticed, I noticed, uh, some faces at the end there that I haven't seen in a while. So uh, that's very cool. So, uh, yeah, he- heck of a job. I mean, if uh, I'm sure the, uh, the film will match the trailer, I mean, you know, as a, as a cigar guy, you can't help but be pumped, but I like, I like the idea that you guys are bringing a positive light and a, truth to an industry that we we desperately need right now with, yeah. with so much negativity being shown on to and you can like last year we talked about at the ipcpr you could just feel some of the energy being sucked out of the industry and i feel like this is exactly the thing that the industry needs at exactly the right time because you know things are looking really dark frankly nice <laughs> <laughs> it happens it happens Awkward. You know, he drinks professionally. That's the funny part. He drinks professionally. I don't drink water professionally. That's, no, that's true. Yeah, if it was booze, you wouldn't have spilled. Yeah. <laughs> How are we doing for audience questions, Trippy? Uh, we've of course got a bunch because uh, if you if you missed it Weasels. before, if you ask a question, uh, you have a chance to win a hand rolled lighter or t shirt. Actually, I, I, I said we should do a question, but uh, I realized we should probably do our first uh, our first sponsor break. Oh yeah, we're up against it. We'll ask a we're question when we get back. All right. Brought to you by Gurkha Cigars. Gurkha Cigars, makers of the world's finest cigars. Try the 93-rated Heritage featuring a Rosado, Ecuador, and Habana wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, and Dominican, Pennsylvanian, and Nicaraguan fillers. Blended by Gurkha's blending team at American Caribbean Cigars, it's hand-rolled Nicaraguan available in 35-count boxes. Talk to your local B&M about the Heritage today, or talk to them about other fine Gurkha cigars. Whatever your taste preference is, Gurkha has a cigar that's right for you. We're back. Trippy, we had an audience question, a weasel question, as it were. Yeah. Uh, this one comes from Jeff Madre. Uh, what's the most surprising thing you've learned while researching or or shooting the film? That's a good one. Um, I, I have two answers for this. One's going to be really stupid. I, I learned last year, this is the worst. I'm embarrassed. I'm a, I'm a, I've been a cigar smoker since I was 18. Uh, and I'm a collector, and I didn't know this until last year that Connecticut actually meant Connecticut. <laughs> Dumbest thing in the world. I just thought it was like, oh, whatever, not a big deal. Like, uh, it just originated from there? Yeah. Well, I, mean, I mean, to be fair, uh, there aren't many Connecticut shade wrappers that are grown in Connecticut. Yeah. 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 So, anyway, that's an embarrassing one for me. But then the other thing is, um, not that I learned so much, but in talking to all these former Cuban masters and, and, um, now Nicaraguan masters and stuff like for instance uh Don Papin Garcia when we left his interview um and everything that he told us which everybody will see on the film uh I left emotional that's how excited I was how impressed I was with him and how just overwhelmed I was with the information he gave us so I, I actually met him the same day like we we went through on a factory tour uh during Puro Sabor and the chair that you guys interviewed him in was still like in between the rolling tables. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that was an amazing experience. So yeah. that's for me. I don't know about you. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. We had like four people with us total for that interview, like just our crew. And we all left like emotional and in awe. And I wasn't crying because I'm super tough, but it was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Cutting yeah, onions. Incredible. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, it's also cool to see how much like uh, since it, it it is such a small industry when you look at you know all of tobacco, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so small and it's so niche that um, it's cool to see how they take care of like their the people that work for them. You yeah. know, um, you know, yeah. we we got to do the factory tours, some of the factory tours as well, but also got to go a little bit behind the scenes on a lot of stuff. And you know, uh, we've done a lot of work just through like we do commercial work, but we've also done a lot with um like nonprofit organizations and yeah. stuff and so we get to see a lot of uh like stuff that's happening in the developing world and to see the way the workers even at like some of the lowest levels um at the factories and the farms the way they're the way they're taken care of and the way they're treated and the uh stuff that's available to them in terms of like um medical supplies and just child care and all sorts of stuff like it's pretty awesome mm-hmm. um so I think it's going to have like generational. Uh, it's going to be a generational good that they provide to their. Yeah, partner. absolutely. Yeah. So that's probably I mean, the surprising part. I mean, part of me has got to wonder because a lot of these guys, a lot of these people that you're interviewing, haven't been on film before, and part of me thinks like you're you're almost documenting some of the some of the big people in the industry that have never been documented, and it, I mean it, to draw probably a terrible parallel. But it, it kind of reminds me of the um, the project that was the documentary that was done for Band of Brothers, where they did interviews with uh, with people, you know. And it, and to me, I mean, obviously that's a terrible parallel, but for the industry, um, you know, these people, you know, these these people aren't going to live forever. We want them to live forever, and they're not going to live forever. And to have their stories and their knowledge and their experiences transposed to a semi-permanent, permanent medium, I think is kind of a big deal. And I think a lot of people might overlook that. But for me, I think that's that's kind of a big deal. Oh, absolutely. I mean, look at uh, uh, Orlando Padron. Uh, we got an interview with him back in May. So this is just before his 90th birthday. I mean, he, he might not have another interview uh, on camera from now on so that stuff like that's huge I mean, we're so excited and, and uh fortunate that we got to do stuff like that yeah and that we get to do stuff like that actually one of the this is maybe getting a little ahead of ourselves here but one of the things that we want to do in the future after this after this documentary is is done is um is to do a docuseries you mentioned chef's table earlier mm-hmm. we want to do something like that for the industry where we um will interview some of the you know, remaining Cuban masters um, and some of the big names or the up and coming names sort of in the industry that are, that are, you know, making a splash and really dedicate like 45 minute episodes to just one person. You know, that would be so, so cool. cool. Yeah, that, that'd be, that'd be super cool. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's so much history. I mean, there's so much, there's so many stories. There's so much history there um, to be able to capture that on film would be incredible. Even a yeah. part of that. What's the hope? Trippy. Uh, what are you doing we, for questions? Uh, you know, they're rolling in. Let let uh, the weasels loose, buddy. Jason Savka wants to know, well, he's kind of got a two-part question here that he asked, which is, where are you from? Actually, three-part. What made you want to do this film? And is it the, the first like feature film that you guys have been involved with? Yeah, we're from Roseville, <laughs> California, uh, which is Northern California. It's not known for video production. Hey, it's coming, it's not yeah. Hollywood. We're putting it on the map. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think we already kind of explained why we started doing it. Um, yeah. It's, it's sort of like a personal passion to both of us. Passion? I just feel like it's a passion. Mid- Midwestern, honest? Yeah. Uh, passion. Uh, passion. 
Uh, and the third, what was the third question? Uh, oh, so this is, is our this first, the first feature, feature film. Feature. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So we're commercial filmmakers. Uh, that's what we do full time. And so this is our first. We had a conversation almost two years ago where we said, uh, we need to do a documentary. Let's try it out and see how we like documentary filmmaking. And then we spent about six months BSing with ideas of, of what we wanted to shoot. And finally, I think it was December of 2014 where we said, 15, 15, 15 yeah. Uh, where we just said, what the heck, we love cigars. Why aren't we doing something on the cigar industry? And that's how we started researching the cigar industry. Uh, January of 2016 is when we officially started doing our research. And, and uh, we spent a full year in pre-production before we, we actually started filming, which we started filming in January of this year. Of course, full year of like off time. and Yeah. Now it's taken up maybe 70% of our time. Wow. So, yeah, it's... So we've really put our commercial work aside as we're fully focusing. I mean, we want to do right by the industry. We want to do right by filmmaking. Um, and so we want to put out a good product and, and uh, it's consumed us and we couldn't be happier. We're, we're having a blast with it, learning a lot and meeting amazing people. So Turns out it's not as easy as we thought. Yeah. <laughs> well, talking about that, I, I kind of have a two-part question. Uh, I, I didn't know you guys were California, Californian. So that actually is is poignant because uh, california as a state is rapidly anti-tobacco um yeah. so two-part question first um have you guys received any pushback during the project and secondly you know can you talk about some of the challenges that you faced through the project that you maybe weren't anticipating starting out yeah honestly we haven't faced much pushback at all um i mean knock on wood but so far, it's been pretty smooth sailing. And I think one of the things is, uh, you know, it's pretty easy in, in conversation. Um, you know, I, I would say I've had a few friends that are like, why would you do something promoting tobacco? You know, but mm -hmm. it, it only takes a few minutes in conversation to go like, this is not cigarettes. You know, and it's funny, like one of the, the like the purpose behind, you know, what Jesse said earlier, of, like if you watch the film and you never associate cigars with cigarettes ever again. Like that's kind of something that we said out of our focus groups, because even people that are like occasional cigar smokers still make the same association. Like yeah. they don't understand that, uh, you know, it's these are not coming off of a conveyor belt at 18,000 cigarettes per minute. You know, yeah, these are these are like like a really good roller will roll like 350 of these a day, maybe. Right. Um, unless. Yeah, you I mean. Yeah, every yeah. single one is meticulously handmade. Yeah. yeah. And and people don't, uh, unless you're semi like deep in the industry, like you've gotten really into cigars, you don't understand quite how much effort there is yeah. behind yeah. each and every single cigar. Yeah. Well, and so like, that's why I say we haven't received a ton of pushback because it only takes, you know, a couple of minutes in a conversation to really uh, dissuade somebody of the idea that it's, a cigarette, you know, that we're promoting or something, you know. Um, so, but you know, knock on the wood, who knows what will happen from here on out. Yeah. The, the people that are really getting pushback right now in California are obviously uh, tobacco shops, um, yeah, or cigar lounges, stuff like that. I mean, with the age limit going up a year ago to twenty-one oh, from eighteen, you know, stuff like that's just been crazy. And, and we saw at IPCPR and Trip, you saw it too. Uh, that, you know, just California just didn't show up to the trade show. You know what I mean? And, and, and the trade show was considerably more empty because of it. And 
just getting crazy. T- taxes went up too quite a bit. Oh yeah. Um, so it's just been yeah, it's been nuts. But uh, for us, I mean, we're filmmakers. We're not selling a product. We're not doing that kind of stuff. So we've been we've been pretty clean off of that stuff. So yeah, far. yeah. I I have to wonder if if you will get some sort of pushback from like Netflix or you know any other digital uh, distribution companies that you approach. But at the same time, Netflix just made a uh, Ca- that sitcom Castro. about smoking weed. Well, yeah. they have a they have a Castro documentary on there, which you know oh, largely talks. It, it kind of talks about cigars. So I feel like the door's kind of cracked. I mean, you can't, you know. Yeah. Well, we're not we're we're not promoting. We're not like pro cigars in the sense of like, hey, watch this film and you're going to want to go out and smoke a cigar. I mean, I those, mean hopefully <laughs> you Those, yeah, it's like, yeah. Those of us that smoke will see that and be like, man, I need a cigar right now. And like, you know, <laughs> it'll it'll pair well with this film. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's just an it's an informational it's an informational film. So I think um, hopefully we won't get a lot of backlash in that sense because we're not trying to get kids to smoke cigars. Right. Yeah, of course. We're, we're hoping like that you can, you know, like this film will cross some boundaries that like the industry hasn't really crossed before. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, you know, you'll have a, a group of guys hopefully watching it in their garage or man cave with, you know, with a, with a bunch of cigars and some whiskey. And then you'll have like, you know, the occasional millennial that'll sit down and just, uh, you know, click play on Netflix on whatever is, you know, the most recent documentary that's out there. Yeah. And we're hoping that, regardless of who you are, you'll enjoy it because we're really telling the story of a craft industry and of, of like an industry with a lot of history. You know, we're not just like making some shameless plug at a brand or something. Yeah. 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 I, I could absolutely see it as a movie that I would sit down and watch with my wife and she yeah. would be genuinely interested in it because it's not, it's not just about the tobacco. It's about the stories and the passion that goes into it. Exactly. Yeah, and we want people that are against tobacco to watch the film and just get some more information. Yeah. I mean, what information do we have? I know the information I have, and that I hear, I still hear it to today. Is dude, I learned in health class in high school that one cigar is a hundred cigarettes. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just like that's the, the dumbest thing I've ever heard. So yeah, <laughs> we want people to see it, and if anything, was that other dumb one? <laughs> we we want people to see it, and if anything, get some education on on the industry and and uh, the craft that we love and. You know, again, if you never associate a cigar with a cigarette again, we've done our job. Nice. We're going to take a quick word from our sponsor. We'll be right back. This show is sponsored by Cigar Oasis. Don't spend all your time worrying about your cigar wrappers cracking, splitting, or falling apart from humidity fluctuation issues. Set it and forget it by choosing Cigar Oasis, a professional solution which provides equal distribution of humidity with precise electronic controls. Monitor your cigars through the internet using the smart humidor Wi-Fi attachment. Why don't you spend all your time enjoying your cigars and relaxing and let Cigar Oasis protect your cigars. Cigar Oasis has solutions for any humidor. Make sure you set it and forget it today. And we're back. We're talking to the guys from Hand Rolled. And um, I want to ask a question that might be a little controversial because that's kind of how we warm you up on Cigar Chat and then we, you know, toss out a controversial question. And my question is, as a Canadian... Uh, you know, we see, we, we have a different relationship with Cuba than Americans do. And I know that there's a lot of, um, very appropriate feelings from people in the industry who had to fled Cuba during the, uh, during the, um, takeover. And, you know, there's a lot of history there. So my question for you is, uh, you know, and you're kind of covering all aspects of the industry. And one of the touchy 
aspects of the industry is the Cuba side of things. So have you guys been approached or, or has any of the, the ex-Cuban people kind of talked to you guys about that? You know, is there any part of that you can kind of share with us about maybe there was some side conversations about their concern, your portrayal of, of the the cigar experience in Cuba? Yeah. Uh, well, so this is, this is something that, uh, it's a, it's a bit of a touchy subject, like you said, but, um, you know, one of the things that we run into is obviously like we're, um, we're producing this documentary for primarily like an American market. So the American experience of Cuban cigars is, uh, generally not very vast. Um, you know, we, our hope is like in the way that we're portraying Cuba in the film is not like to dog on it, but it's really like hoping because, you know, we hear from a lot of people that you get a box of Cubans and something like 25 to 30% of them are just garbage. Uh, yep. Like they're either plugged or they don't draw well, and maybe they're being plugged or whatever. Um, you know, some people say that they're still like, they're still green, basically out of the box. And, uh, you know, you gotta you gotta wait several months or you know maybe even a year before you before you smoke it. Um, I've not had that experience personally, but um, but um, but like I said, so you know, what one thing we're hearing from like even a lot of the, you know like Don Pepin, for example, who who left Cuba, um, you know, it, it's it's not really like a, it's not an animosity or something towards it. It's like almost like we're we're hoping like that they can get back into the game at their full capacity, you know? Yeah. So that's sort of yeah, the way yeah. you want to portray Cuba in the film too. Like they're definitely like, you look at the history, um, you can't tell a cigar story without talking about Cuba. Um, that said, you know, the restrictions on the free market, um, with Cuba, you know, over the last however many years have, uh, I would say sort of placed them at a disadvantage because you've got people like, you know, Pete Johnson, who's putting out new cigars like every year and just, literally toying with stuff until the point where he finds something he loves, you know, like he's, you know, these guys are able to do these, put them out to market in limited quantities, um, you know, try stuff out and like really, you know, try different uh, favorite profiles, you know, reach people with different palettes, stuff like that. You know, something that Cuba has a little bit of a, a struggle doing being as they're not, you know, like owned by a particular person, you know, they're owned by Habanos, which is owned by Talacuba. Um, and it's all essentially government run. So, you know, you know, that's the cool thing about the free market is you're able to you're able to try an idea and sometimes it just literally sucks and you throw it away. But sometimes it's amazing, you know, and so that's something they're not really able to experiment with. So our hope is that, you know, in the coming years that they'll be able to start actually uh, being able to toy. I'm sure, you know, I know that some of these some of the master rollers there and master blenders there like personally like toy with blends and have their own little personal stashes and stuff. But that's not something that's, you know, released to somebody like you or me typically. So I don't as know far if I like, answered that, but yeah. as far as actual like pushback or anything that we've maybe seen, I, I, the only thing I can really think of is some former Cuban masters will either talk openly about their time in Cuba and some of them that we've interviewed will not allow us to say anything, mention Cuba in any way. They don't want to talk yeah, about yeah. it at all. So it's, yeah, it's, that's the only kind of pushback we may have gotten from so far. And, and have you guys gone down to Cuba yet, or is that part of the future filming? Future, future yeah. Um, well, I mean, we'll only really go if we have some access, uh, because to just go sort of like as a tourist, I mean, it'd be fun, but, 
You know, if we can't film yeah. with anybody meaningful, you know, we can get footage of factories and crops and stuff from plenty of other places. But I mean, we definitely want to go. And, um, and it's sort of like, it's been interesting because it's sort of a discovery process too. I, I don't think that most documentaries are filmed this way, but you know, we're, we were literally nobody in the cigar industry. Like, um, you know, we didn't know any of the manufacturers or, or anybody, um, when we first started this. So it's not like we had all these connections and we just started making phone calls and going, Hey bro, like, can we, can we come out and interview you or something? You know, it was, it was all groundwork. Um, it was all, you know, cold calls and cold handshakes at IBCPR and, you know, yeah. introducing ourselves. So it's sort of like a discovery process in all this because, you know, like you can't just phone up George Padron and go, hey, I want to come over and spend a couple of days with you and interview you and your dad. You know, this doesn't work that way. <laughs> yeah. So I know what, like, you know, we do a bunch of, you know, Wikipedia stocking and website stocking to get as much information on these people as we can. Um, before we interview them, but that's pretty limited. And really when you're shooting something like we're shooting, which is like really a personable sort of documentary, these details are, are seldom available, like, yeah, you know, yeah. on the websites or, you know, maybe just some brief little uh, tidbit about it is available. So for us, you know, it's been a discovery process. And I think the whole story of how Cuba plays into the documentary is sort of still a little bit malleable. Well, we'll uh, we'll talk offline after the show, but I I might be able to do some introductions for you guys as the uh, yeah. the, the Canadian who travels to Cuba quite often. Been to Cuba once or twice. Once or twice, yeah. Trippy, yeah. uh, let's get some weasel questions in because uh, I know they're they're you know they want to get their weasel right. on, they want to get their winnings in, and we, answer, and ask a, good questions. We've got a good softball one from Jason Savka again. Uh, he wants to know what your favorite cigar is. Ooh, loaded. Man, um, why do you hate my company, guys? What do you? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm just gonna outright refuse that question personally, right. but you go right That's ahead. Fair. <laughs> how, how about how about this? Let's reframe frame it in a in a political. What are some of the cigars that you've really enjoyed in the past? Ah, there, there you go. go. That's a great way to put it. Well, so right now I'm on a, I'm on an old Tatuaje kick. So oh. I uh, the older the better is. Cause I'm a collector as well. We're collectors. So, um, that's what I've been really seeking out is as old as I can possibly get from Tatuaje. Um, those have been great. I mean, the monsters have been amazing. Uh, some of their older stuff, uh, Padron is always a go-to, especially if I don't have time to really sit and look through my humidor, <laughs> I'll grab a Padron cause I know it's going to be amazing. Exactly. Um, let's see. I had an amazing, uh, uh, Coy d'Orsay, which is Cuban. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. uh, 2005. That's been a, that was a very tasty one I had recently. So I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, uh, uh, Foundation cigars, the El uh, Oense Maduro, fantastic. Forget about it. Forget oh, about it's it. Yeah, Dundee, Dundee. Actually, anything from them. The found uh, what's it called? The Tabernacle is fantastic. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. So there's just so many. It's just it's the flavor of the month. For me, I, I've never, I can't really pinpoint like a, my absolute favorite. I, I guess the Tatuaje, because that's where I spend most of my money, is on the older Tatuajes. Yeah. <laughs> that has nothing to do with Pete. It's not like I'm going <laughs> to No. He doesn't no. look at my collection ever, but yeah. <laughs> it's just it does make good stuff. I would say I had a great, well, we had oh, uh, yeah. a great uh, a 10-year anniversary dump at Bing Garcia. Mm-hmm. 
Whoa, yeah. girl. I'm going to hesitate to use the word my favorite, but. Uh, Change your life good. a little bit? Yeah. You know, I, I grew a little hair. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> we were on a mad hunt to find more afterwards, and we found two more. So I don't know when we're going to ever smoke those, but that one's. Those are great. Um, and we. I've got another question from Bob Dog that I'm going to modify a little bit because oh. his question is how much of the motiv motivation to produce the film was driven by the FDA deeming regulation. And Ooh. I know that it kind of changed the scope of the film, right? Like it didn't just you didn't Stop start it. off thinking about the FDA, but uh, it certainly yeah, changed partway through. Right. We had no clue initially. Yeah, we knew nothing I about mean, it. We, we literally sat down with our, our local tobacconist, who is, uh, his name's Rev, Perfecto Lounge here in Roseville. Uh, he also has his own line of cigars, but he's the first one that told us about the FDA. We had no clue. Uh, again, smoking for 12 years, I guess it was like 11 years at the time or 10 years at the time. I had no idea about what was going on with the FDA. So our first trailer, which is still up on our, on our YouTube channel for now, um, is FDA heavy. I mean, it's all about the FDA. Nobody knew what was going on. Uh, this is pre-August 8th, so everybody was kind of in limbo with what was happening. But um, since that hit and, and uh, just people are starting to recover from it and, and adapting to the FDA, our scope has changed. But yeah, we were very FDA heavy to begin with. And it's still going to be part of the story because it is part of the cigar story. Yeah. So it'll be in the film. But it just we, we're not FDA heavy anymore. Yeah. Like I said, it's been a very much a discovery process for us as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in sort of thinking about it, we realized that, uh, like, the FDA question is going to settle at some point, and we don't want to make something that's, that's you know, that has a lifespan on it. You know, we want yeah. to pick up this film in 10 years and go, I still love these stories, you know? Yeah, yeah that, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Trippy, we probably uh, have uh, time for one more question before the next yeah, break. Yeah, I think we got time for one more. This one's from Jeff LaPlante. Uh, I like this question. He says that the industry, the cigar industry is known for having like major players with really big personalities out of all the industry icons that you've interviewed so far. Who's like the most larger than life? <laughs> oh, man, you're trying to get us in trouble. Mr. Oh, Mr. yeah. <laughs> That's what we do here on Cigar Chat. We just, you know, we we lay a foundation, then we get you in trouble. Yeah. First of all, screw Pete Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck no. that guy. Um. Gosh, Steve, you answer this one. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Uh, I will say, I will say, um, everybody's been awesome. Like we haven't, we haven't. No, seriously, I, I'm not joking. Like we haven't met anybody that we're like we leave like going that guy's like a real dick, you know, or something like that. Um, you know, as you guys probably know, being involved, there are people that have you know various reputations, whatever. But mm -hmm. for us, like just our whole scope and being that we're not any sort of competition or we're not retailers so they're not trying to sell to us or anything like that like our interactions have been really awesome yeah um you know uh yeah i have like larger than life like they're all kind of larger than life you know like you can't you can't be a a big industry person without like a character or persona you know yeah um here's so, a phrase that we hear the most from manufacturers oh, yeah. especially if you've been in for at least 20 years the phrase you will always hear from a manufacturer, regardless who it is, how humble they are, whatever, is, hey, this is what we do. Nobody does it like this. Yeah. <laughs> process, nobody does it like this. I'm That's like, true. Uh, but everybody does. <laughs> yeah. Nobody has a, a draw master. Yeah. Uh, everybody does that. <laughs> yeah, they're separate from Joe. They don't have a draw master. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Very anti-draw master. But yeah, no, no. It's, 
everybody's got a, a little bit of an ego, and uh, in the best of ways. I mean, it's been it's been great. But yeah, that's again, our Miss America pageant yeah. answer. <laughs> I like such world, as and world peace. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, <laughs> love yourself as your neighbor yeah, or whatever. Yeah, good. we're good. That's about as far as we're gonna go on that one. Fair enough. All right, Drippy, let's sneak another one in. Um, let them get the weasels on. Let's see, Ruben Goadblood. I I can't pronounce his name. Goedled? I don't know. Uh, He's a good guy. He, he yeah. wants to know how receptive the industry has been, uh, or if if you had any resistance at all within the industry. Anybody who like refused interviews and stuff like that. Oh no, we haven't had that. Um, here's the main thing: people thought, and, and this is nothing against bloggers, but people thought we were bloggers at the beginning, and they thought we just wanted free cigars out of the Filthy process. Bloggers. There are some people that you know, they take the name, right? Uh, so what we had to get past is the fact that we've never asked anyone for free cigars, ever. I mean, we're cigar smokers, but... I've asked you for free cigars. Well, I'm saying manufacturers. <laughs> we've never asked anyone for free cigars. If, we, if I want a box of cigars, I'm going to ask you how much you charge for them. Because, it, you know, I make money the same way they make money off of our product that we put out. And it's as simple as that. Um, so once we get past the fact that we're not bloggers, we're actually filmmakers and we're not part of the industry, we're just doing a piece on the industry, then people take us in as if we're family and they've been absolutely amazing. I mean, it's crazy how much, how well they've received us. And, and, uh, I mean, we've, we've had dinners and, and stayed up late talking over a glass of scotch or something with so many manufacturers that just treat us like family and it's been amazing yeah nobody has said no just yet yeah good nice even uh carlito from uh from puente he was extremely open just because people of other people from the industry have vouched for us and immediately he said yeah come on over and then we'll give you whatever you need basically so wow. it's been great yeah yeah i, I mean I, I my personal experience is is the same i don't think there's anybody in the industry who hasn't been extremely welcome i mean almost absurdly welcome. i mean i mean as it's almost embarrassing even. yeah as bloggers we haven't had anybody who's been like man get these guys out of here no <laughs> i mean when you when you get invited into somebody's house and they're cooking food for you i mean you're almost like it's almost to the level of embarrassment it's like i don't really know you that well and you're treating me like we've known each other for 10 years and i don't know what the protocol here is but uh yeah that that's been my experience with people in the cigar industry is they're just yeah very, very nice I mean, isn't that the beauty of the industry like what other industry do you know that's like that you know yeah it's crazy oh cigarettes are totally like that <laughs> <laughs> uh we're gonna take a quick station break here uh and we're not gonna we, we have a station video spot uh we've been, we've been getting a lot of feedback about it so i'm just gonna do the uh the logan spot and the logan spot is smoke drew estate they good they good they good. That's it. Uh, how are we doing for questions, Trippy? I mean, I got a bunch of questions. I, I, I mean, I could uh, technically... You ask I your could... question, because I, I, like, refresh Facebook or something, and I can't... All right. So... I uh, can't get the questions yeah. to show up. So, uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a geek. I'm a technology geek. I'm a film geek. Um, talk a little bit about some of the technical challenges behind making the film in terms of gear, in terms of technology, software... Um, maybe talk about some of that struggle or some of the learning process along the way as you guys have been working on this. Yeah. Well, uh, as you might imagine, uh, you know, we're trying to make this thing look big budget. Uh, on and it does. Uh, it does. And, it does. And we're sort of able to do that because this is sort of, I mean, this is obviously what we do yeah. and because we're passionate about it. But, uh, you know, on like a commercial set, which we're used to, 
you know, we'll have people setting up, tearing down, and, you know, we just kind of show up and shoot and stuff, um, you know, with a little bit of setup here and there. But, you know, here we've been lugging, you know, hundreds of pounds of gear ourselves, <laughs> uh, you know, to different countries, different states, um, you know, having to do all of our own production. You know, we're the directors and we're the grips and we're the everything in between. So, um you know, it's it's tough. It's tough when uh, when you're doing it on a budget like that. Wow, oh. nice, <laughs> nice. Like, you couldn't have timed that better. Jesse almost died. <laughs> I just wow, live one, on the internet. That was one of our yeah. sound panels. Yeah, uh, see, big budget. Look at that sound yes. panels. Yeah. that's so we don't sound like we're in the toilet <laughs> while we're talking to you here. <laughs> But um, but yeah, so it, that's that's been one of the biggest technical challenges is not having a big crew uh, to be able to help out, and you know, it's it's rough because there's a lot of details to keep track of. You know, if uh, if I'm if I'm asking uh, an interviewee questions, and I also have to check, you know, the exposure and the focus and everything on the camera, like it's hard to be all there, you know, all the time. Not to mention, you know, like when we were in Nicaragua, uh, we were work like we'd wake up at like four in the morning, oh uh, like three, four days in a row to shoot. The farm workers going to the fields and doing all this stuff because we really want to document that footage. We're not, you know, um, we want to show the whole process, you know. And the, and the reality is that uh, that people wake up early in the morning and they work, and we have to we have to capture that. So and you know, so then we're at Puro Sabor the whole day. Um, and we get our last interview on some of the days that, like, you know, at midnight, we start our last interview. You know, like, for example, when we, uh, when we interviewed Nick um, from Nick Melillo from Foundation, you know, we showed up to his place at midnight after being up for God knows how many hours at that point. And, you know, yeah, you throw into that mix a little bit of, uh, of uh, Nicaraguan rum and, you know, there's a lot going on. Also, uh, in, in Nicaragua, the ground is... Um volcanic ground as some people know or if you didn't know you now you know yeah but uh our drones for example could not handle it i mean we try to put them up in the air to get some aerial footage first of all getting drones into nicaragua is we did not get drones. i was gonna say aren't they illegal there they are we did not get drones into nicaragua oh, we absolutely did but, <laughs> but i mean you get them up in the air and then because of that magnetic field from the volcanic ground the drones would go crazy and we couldn't get any aerial footage in, in nicaragua Wow. Actually, what, we, what we do have is is uh, just garbage. I mean, yeah, we we'll have to reshoot that. In in the interest of full honesty uh, and and uh, oh. being being uh, see through here, just get it out there. Transparent. Oh. Transparency. Yeah. All, all uh, Nicaraguan uh, border Jesse services, just, please check out right now. <laughs> Jesse just inserted a bunch of words for why the drone is malfunctioning malfunctioning but we don't actually know why oh yeah that's, we're pretty sure it was the volcanic ground hard guess <laughs> like don't take any of that technically yeah. uh, as technically accurate but there was some shit going on with the drones yeah it would be a very true way of saying that yeah trippy how are we doing for questions we probably have time for uh, one or two more audience questions before we get into the weasel fishing uh, there was a good one here that was kind of a softball but i wanted to know uh harley holmes wants to know what's your favorite pairing like, what do you like to drink with a cigar? Because that's something that John and I are very interested in. Just a wonderful chocolate. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, we're big on, uh, right now, currently, we're big on Weller and uh, Willet. In fact. <laughs> oh, Willet. Yeah. 
We've been big on the, on the bourbons um, currently. Bourbon espresso, and rye. yeah, bourbon mm -hmm. and rye. Espresso always goes well with it for us as well. Those are the those are the main. Yeah, Jesse owns one of those fancy pants uh, third wave coffee shops. So <laughs> oh, good, nice. Oh yeah, we get a nice espresso. Yeah, giddy up. We could talk coffee. Yeah. For hours. There you go. Yeah. It's well, very pinkies up, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, you but, gotta get yeah, you well, gotta get the pinky up. Trippy, any more questions? I I got a couple questions loaded. Uh, you you go. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask the annoying filmmaker question that everyone always asks. If you could go back in time with the knowledge that you know now, what would you have done differently in the project? Hmm, that's tough. I don't think I'd change anything. I don't know that there's anything that we could change. Wow. Like, <laughs> All right. If I, if I could magically somehow have met. All of the big players beforehand. Yeah, that would have been fantastic um, to be able to like have an establish a relationship with them, and not have to just show up on the set. Sometimes you know, shaking hands for the first time or you know something like that. That would be great. But that said, um, I don't know that that's an option. You know, I don't know. I don't know how we would have gone about doing that without doing it the way we did it, which is basically you know put together a mock trailer. You know, start just calling people, emailing, showing up places, and uh, and shaking hands, kissing babies. We went to Nicaragua with Herdomo being the only factory on the docket. Okay, wow. we we had uh, just under three weeks in Nicaragua that we like. That's how we had, what we had planned for. We went there. and ten of those days were with like a nonprofit organization. Yeah, we did some humanitarian. So we got like a free sort of flight out of it, so yeah. to speak. So I mean. The way things happen, for example, I'll tell you quickly, is that we, we met a guy that owns a small bar at, at this random beach town, okay? And he happens to speak English, so he's super excited to speak to anybody that speaks English, right? <laughs> and he tells I mean, him, this beach town, you have to drive, just to put it in perspective, about an hour and a half on a dirt road to get to. Out of Managua. So, yeah, out of Managua. Yeah. So we're, we're there, we're talking to him, we tell him about the project. He goes, oh, my, my nephews and cigars. And so... In any industry, you hear my nephew or my or my niece does this. You're thinking, okay, yeah, big freaking deal, you know. But he put us in contact with him, who happened to be uh, Roberto Lopez, yeah, of uh, Santiago Santiago Cigars, who put us in contact. Then within a few days, we were at Placencia interviewing Nestor. So yeah. things like that, it, it's you can't plan that. We ended up doing 25 or so interviews in Nicaragua. We extended our trip. We spent 22 twice. days total. Yeah, twice we extended our trip. So. Imagine how happy our wives were. Yeah. And kids. <laughs> we tried to get it to Puro Sabor on like the press pass or something. And uh, in the most polite way, they told us to fuck off. And, um, and so, but, but Roberto reached out to Juan Martinez personally and was like, hey, you know, I don't know if this, I don't know if these guys were able to get up to you in the like, email process, but, uh, you know, they're really doing something awesome yeah. here. And so, yeah, Roberto Lopez of Santiago really sort of stepped in initially. Um, and helped us out in terms of like getting us in Puro Sabor and stuff like that and, uh, and vouching for us. So, you know, once Juan actually met us in Esteli and uh, met us face to face and saw what we were doing and saw what we were about, you know, they, they basically gave us passes to Puro yeah. Sabor. Um, Nick Malilo, we met in a coffee shop randomly super in randomly. Esteli. Wow. Wow. I mean, he literally leaned over and asked if we were hanging out for your, your I may have very loudly said some very disparaging things about somebody <laughs> maybe you recognized in the industry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, it, I can guess who that would be. It's cliche that, you know, things happen for a reason, right? But that 
we, the project wouldn't be what it is if things didn't happen exactly how they did, which is uh, by accident. Actually, the, the phrase that we always say oh, yeah. what is, are the odds? what are the odds? Yeah. Like at, we, <laughs> we finish doing an interview, we meet somebody, we get in the car, we go, what the heck are the odds that that would happen? You know, and, and that's what this movie is. I mean, it, I wouldn't change a single thing about about how things have gone through so far. It's been stressful. It's been uh, insane for the most part, but it's been so rewarding and so fun. Yeah. And, and I wouldn't change a single thing. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm sure I speak for Trip when I say we're we're pretty excited to see the finished product. I mean, we yeah. we saw the trailer, and you know, we were we were dancing around like a couple of fangirls when Pete showed us. So, <laughs> you know, we see the fin- the finished product. I, I'm sure we're gonna watch it a few times and smoke a few cigars and. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're, so. we're big fans. Uh, so Trippy, maybe we should do a draw for some of the uh, some of the swag. Yeah, so I've I've got a couple people in a spreadsheet here. All the people who have no questions. Spreadsheet. Me... Look at Mister Organized over there. A randomizer here. Maybe you should be a production assistant on the uh, on this on this film project. <laughs> Jeez, spreadsheets. Jeez. We're interviewing. So. <laughs> you know what? Let's do let's do let's add an extra thing to the giveaway. Let's add a women's tea also. So we'll do a men's and a women's tea. Nice. We didn't get any women's questions, but if any women are watching this, hey, uh, the, the, the first person to email me at trip at cigarfederation.com yeah. for a women's tea, uh, you get it. Perfect. How about that? I mean, as a Canadian, they constantly tell me I'm wearing a women's tea when I go to Nicaragua. Does that count? <laughs> All right. So uh, the people I need to email me are Bob Dog and Harley oh. Holmes. Uh, email me. Uh, I'll get your address over to the handrolled guys, and they will get your prize shipped out. Send yeah. an email to trip t r i p p at cigarfederation dot com. Nice. Uh, so, finishing final final statements here, guys. Uh, I know we talked about it at the beginning of the show, but um, you know, if there's any manufacturers tuned in or anybody really who wants to. Uh, support this fantastic project, which really is uh, supporting the entire industry. Uh, first of all, where can they do that and where can they find you guys? Yeah, handrolledmovie.com is going to be your best bet. It's got all of our information on there. It's got a contact page. You can get directly to us. Um, it even has uh, one of our phone numbers on there or both of our numbers on there. So there's a donate tab if you want to donate. Please donate. Yeah, it, I mean... <laughs> Five bucks is a huge help, seriously. And and if anybody wants to do anything substantial, contact us first, and we want to get you guys part of the film, and and um, get you in the credits and stuff like that. So it's uh, yeah, that's the best way to do it, man. Through handrollmovie.com. Yeah, and keep following along too, like all of our social stuff, because we're figuring out as we go what yeah. we're going to do with that awesome humidor Dan Marshall built for us. Um, like I don't, it's it's crazy because it's like a one of a kind piece, literally. Like, yeah, that thing's legit. I just want to keep it, and I don't want to give it to anybody. And it has 99 awesome cigars in it, currently, yeah. and maybe more. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're figuring out how what that process is going to look like. Um, and we want to get into somebody somebody's hands that's really passionate about uh, about cigars. Yeah. Nice. The cool thing about like, Instagram, for example, we update the Instagram stories constantly. So that's the best way to have like a live view into what's happening that day. I mean, we're going over to Connecticut next week from the 4th to the 9th. So people can watch live as we're hanging out or BSing or filming or whatever, you know. And we try to put out um, update videos pretty regularly, at least once a month, sometimes more than that. 
with just random stuff that we're doing. So that's the kind of stuff we'd love to keep people up to, up to date with. Nice. Awesome. Thanks for your time, guys. We really, yeah. we really appreciate you coming on the show. And I'm, I'm really yeah. excited just to kind of get the word out to more people. Cause um, I know, I know obviously you guys are passionate about the project. I'm really passionate about it too. It, it means a lot to me that you guys are going through all this effort and spending all this money to make something like this. We appreciate it. Man. Thanks for having us. Man. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, we want everyone to have a great and safe uh, Labor Day weekend and all our Armed Forces Radio Network listeners, wherever you're stationed in the world. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Cigar Chat. Uh, we'll be back next week on a regular scheduled time of Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard. Have a great weekend. Stay safe.